Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. Here with me is Jay Jones, and we are back. We're back. This is the uh, the first episode of Conform to Christ of the new year, mm-hmm. um, and it's the first one we've had in what? Four weeks. Yeah, a month. Four weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Well, we're, we're back, and uh, hopefully... We haven't lost all of our listeners over the last month. <laughs> Hopefully they come back with us. We'll see. If not, it's always fun to talk to you, Jay. Yeah. Got well, some got some interesting articles that I've run across the last couple of weeks that I've been dying to share with you, but I, I knew oh we were coming back and I was just I was saving them for you, so they're here. I have got them I've got them pulled up and ready right. for you. Well, I try to take time off of this like all together, so I haven't been collecting things. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You haven't run across anything. You're like, oh, this is a funny story. Well, there are plenty of stupid things. Yeah, but I'm just tired of talking about them. Oh, okay, I, think right. I told you before. <laughs> we talk about it's like the same stuff comes up over and over and over. And oh, over. I'm pretty sure you haven't heard anything like this before, Jay. <laughs> George, first. How was your Christmas? It was good. It was really good. Yep. Spent some time with uh, with my in-laws at their house and just kind of relaxed. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was good. Nice. Yep, had go. a good one. How was your... Uh, so you went to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents took us to Hawaii for their 50th wedding anniversary. So... Yeah? Had a good yeah. time? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was on. It, the trip was on them, so that's always good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How uh, uh, so? How how COVID crazy is Hawaii? Really crazy. The world has gone insane. So, te- so what what does that mean? <clears throat> okay. So first off, um, my family is unvaccinated. Who's getting triggered right now while you're driving? <laughs> Might be time to repent. Jay, why are you so selfish? Yeah, you, you know, so selfish. I try to follow the science, you know, George. It says uh, my immunity is forty-seven times better than people that have been vaccinated. Something yeah. like that came out of Israel. No, twenty-seven. What is it? Twenty-seven, forty-seven, twenty-seven. So I'll take my twenty-seven. Okay. And I'll roll with it. Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. Um. But it's crazy, dude. So here, here's the. The insanity of it all. We had to be tested before we travel. Okay. I guess I can understand that. I don't really know why. I mean, we're traveling to the United States from the U.S. to the U.S. <laughs> like, you don't right. have to do that if you go to Texas or yeah. another state, right? But anyway, we did. We had to schedule an appointment, get like a legit COVID test, not a stay-at-home, you know, like a take-home test, like a real one. Mm-hmm. Get that, take it like upload that into like a system, like a, <laughs> okay. like a Hawaii database. Wow. Go to the airport, like check in with this station. They You like turn this thing in. The lady reads it. They give you a wristband, and then you put that on in California before you fly to Hawaii. So when you land, people can see that you've got the wristband, and they can shuttle you over to this way <laughs> instead of like taking you over to this, like I guess quarantine place. I don't know what they do with you over there. Like take you through a screening. Wow. But here's the funny thing. Like, Okay, we've gone COVID stupid. Mm. Here's what happens on this air. We're on a big, the big airplane, right? The big one, like that can hold, I don't know, 300 people yeah. plus, probably mm-hmm. one of the big ones yeah. that has like 
three like seat it seats like nine across so like three okay. an aisle three yeah. more an aisle than three i don't know what they call that you know what they call that larry no. dave would know he's an airplane guy so they'll walk through and make sure everybody's got their mask on right it's covering yeah. their nose oh well, please please cover your nose please cover the young lady's nose you like evangeline we're having to put up over her nose uh-huh and then they'll walk the aisle and hand out like drinks I don't know what you drink on airplane. I always drink ginger ale. Okay. I don't know why. I never really have ginger ale at my house, but I always drink it on the airplane. It's like the airplane drink. Okay. Maybe for like stomach. I don't know. Ginger ale. Would you like? Would you like crackers, sir? Cookies? Sure. In unison, three hundred people take their masks off, <laughs> and for the next fifteen minutes, no one has a mask on, and everyone's eating and drinking stuff. Yeah. Well, I I think make it make sense, George. I think that um, I don't have it pulled up here. Yeah, I don't have it pulled up, but uh, I'm pretty sure that one of the airline owners or CEOs testified before Congress that the masks don't really do a whole lot in that small that small space anyway. They don't. Like it's what did he call it? He called it. Uh, facial decoration i think or something mm-hmm. like that yeah, yeah i mean they're dude. they are now they're they're now the the left is now admitting things that we've been talking about for a year and a half at, at least well it may have even been two years ago whenever yeah. uh, we talked about how when they first realized that covid was uh, airborne mm-hmm. spread through aerosol yeah like originally i think they thought it was spread like by the like the flu through droplets and so then, like you wear a mask, it keeps your droplets from coughing onto surfaces, and people touch it, and then it spreads like that. But when it, when it's aerosol, then it's airborne. Mm-hmm. Like two years ago, I remember was saying it. You could cough, and it shoots out from the sides of your mask. <laughs> yeah. And they know it can hang in the air for up to five hours. Okay. And you, wa- someone walks through it five hours later, and they get COVID. Yeah. And. I'm glad the the world is finally catching up. <laughs> yeah, it's CNN. I guess they this. they had someone on CNN that said cloth masks are ineffective. CNN, <laughs> well, CNN, huh? Yeah, it's like welcome. Will to, Twitter take welcome it down? To, <laughs> welcome to 2020. Yeah, they've no. They've been saying this all along. I think. Right. I think. I don't know what they were hope. I guess they're hoping that when you cough. It'll keep the huge droplets down, and that mm-hmm. would that would keep the spread down. I, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, in unison, everybody takes them off, mm-hmm. and everyone pretends like it's okay for the next fifteen minutes. You're immune when you're eating. We've gone insane. Mm-hmm. It, insane. It's just like walking into a restaurant with a mask on. Yeah, and then sitting down. <laughs> right. And like it magically disappears. While yep. there's someone literally sitting behind you a foot and a half, and, mm-hmm. and what's separating you is like a backrest. It's, yeah. cra- it's crazy. So you get to Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii is, I mean, it's super awesome and fun, but I, I guess maybe they have more liberal pol- like politics in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we could not go into any restaurant anywhere, any public place, without a negative COVID test. So we had... Uh, we took with us like 18 COVID tests and we took them while we were there. Um, and we're, I mean, we're honest, so we'll, we'll do what they ask us to do, but I don't really know how they would keep, like, so we could have just taken one right? and like taken it everywhere we went. 
and never taken another one. But we took them, you know, we took them so we could go and uh, with my parents into places and do whatever, you know. But, you know, other than that, at being outside, we were outside most of the time, so it wasn't that big a deal. You're outside, you don't have to wear a mask and stuff like that. Yeah. So we were outside a lot, so it was, it was still a great you time. Didn't, you didn't walk along a deserted beach with your mask on nope. like uh, the president did? Uh-uh, no. Okay, well, that's no, good. Didn't. That's good. So, yeah, it's... Well, I think it's funny because you went to Hawaii and had a great time. Yeah. Took all these COVID tests. Uh-huh. And then you came home and you got sick, right? <laughs> yeah. We got way sick, dude. Yeah. So, uh, are you uh, saying that there's other things you can get sick of besides yeah, yeah. besides COVID? That's not the only thing that people are getting sick, <clears throat> we, sick from? Yeah, we apparently got the flu. So, we took COVID tests while we were sick and we were all negative. Yeah. Uh, but we were way sick. I had 103.9 fever. That's wild. And I was sick for a week. Yeah. And yeah, so flu's out there. Yeah. It's making a massive comeback. There are other things. Was that, was this time with the flu, was it worse than the time that uh, right when we merged mm -hmm. and you were sitting, you were sitting there next to me? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, but that okay. was at the end. I was, yeah. when I came, I, I think I had been fever free 24 hours, okay. but I was still way sick. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. And it's different. I told uh, Angie, I said, uh, when I had COVID, like it was really hard to breathe. You haven't had COVID, have you? Mm -mm. And you could tell. Not that I know of. You could tell like it's affecting you like down deep in your lung. Mm. And I didn't have as bad a fever or body aches or any of that, but the breathing, you could tell like it's in your lungs deep. Okay. And so it was like painful, like to breathe, like you'd get out of breath doing anything. Mm. Uh, with this flu thing, coughing was horrific, but it was all up here, uh, burning like fire and all that stuff. But mm. the fever and the chills are the worst part with the flu. Okay. That, that's a high fever. <laughs> that's like yeah. go to the hospital. I think I think one more degree I would have gone to the hospital. One more degree? Yeah. 104.9? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're in a coma, they're they're carrying you into <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. I ran across this tweet. You want to hear some irony? Yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about COVID madness, uh, this was from the uh, the Holocaust Museum in Illinois. Uh, it says, to ensure Illinois Holocaust Museum is as safe as possible for visitors, volunteers, and staff, the museum will require all guests ages five and plus to show proof of full COVID-19 vaccination to enter the building as of January 5th, 2022. I just think it's funny that's a Holocaust Museum and you have to have, like, your little identification to, yeah, it's crazy. to get in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't nuts. They don't see the, the irony of it. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I why in I George, I don't understand why there's this big push to vaccinate kids. Yes. Yeah. You're talking <clears throat> point like zero zero one percent chance it's gonna do anything to them. Did you see that the mayor of Chicago like shut down school? Yeah, I did. Like they're shut down. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. So Ben Shapiro, I mean I don't agree with everything Ben Shapiro says, but sometimes he's he's just on point. Mm -hmm. He tweeted he tweeted this out um, New Year's Eve, and he's just listing all the things that now now that um, Omicron is just 
widespread. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the the Democrat, you know, uh, all the, all their different schemes to try to to stop it have been just utter failures. Right. They're now now the narrative is shifting. Of course. Like now they're now they're starting to say all of these things that other people have already been saying. So he has a list of, uh-huh. of all these things. Um, it's a, it's a uh, just a, a Twitter thread. Cloth masks are ineffective against Omicron. Well, also, well, I don't know. It was against Delta as well. Yeah, r- right. <laughs> right. Uh, the, vac- the vaccinated can spread and get COVID. Like, welcome to... <laughs> right. Which, which is an absolute lie. There, I mean, the, the receipts are there. You can watch Joe Biden and any of the liberal uh, right. news organizations or Kamala Harris saying, uh, if you are, get vaccinated, you cannot get COVID. Right. This is not. And now it's, This is not a. Now they're cha- now they're changing. That's what gaslighting. That's the, what gaslighting is. Uh, right. right. They'll say, "Oh no no no, we've always just said it will keep you from getting severely ill and hospitalized." <laughs> right. Um, the death rate is comparable to the flu. They're, with, sa- with they're saying that. They're saying that now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it wasn't for sure. It was right, but with Omicron, it's now it's like flu like. Yeah. Um, Fauci Fauci has even said many people are entering hospitals with COVID, not from COVID. Uh, natural immunity is a reason Omicron hasn't been as virulent. That's Fauci again. Natural immunity, like that's the one thing that's been ignored this whole time. <laughs> right. right. Um, oh, the CDC said we have to take into account societal needs, not just spread prevention. Which like, it, now the C- CDC right. is saying you can't just shut everything down Which because is, you can't, yeah, yeah. like society has to survive. So CDC getting into areas that they were never right. created to even. Right. They weren't created to look at its effect on business and society. Uh-huh. They're the centers for disease control, yeah. not not like let's look at economic impact of this. And yet they are. That's why they just changed it from ten to five arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, their new their new guidelines are it's like hey, they're confusing uh, for one thing. But can you imagine like the board meetings? Like like uh-huh. they're in a boardroom and they're like, hey, uh, things aren't good, and like we're really taking <laughs> right. an economic toll. Like, yeah, you guys think we could. Maybe walk it back from ten. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you guys think? Uh, any science, scientific data? Well, you can you can actually still be contagious after five days. And they're like, ah, five sounds good. That's a good number. Yeah, five. And then Fauci said that there's been some <laughs> pushback. So there's uh, Fauci said there's been some pushback to the new guidelines, so that they might be they might be changing them. So, so it's what? all it's all political. Changing like, it to what? Like there's I don't know, but there's no like yeah. it's not scientific. It's no, it's, it's all political. It's it's. Uh, the NFL, they're they're saying the asymptomatic shouldn't be tested. The five day thing. Let's go back. This is so stupid. I'm trying to think back to when <laughs> when I had COVID. I was the sickest. I think around day seven. Yeah, I think Sick it was seven or eight. As a dog. Yeah. I'm unleashed on society. Maybe it's with <laughs> maybe with Omicron. It's it's different. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Um. Biden said we should focus on hospitalizations and deaths, not case rate. Well, that's because the midterms are coming up. Right. Uh, children are not at risk and schools should remain open. Um, <laughs> that's been the case co- the yeah. whole time. Co- COVID is predominantly an illness affecting the immunocompromised and elderly, and we should not shut everything down because of it. It's been- so they're all so th- these are all the things that they're now they're saying because. Um, and people are starting to wake up and say, "Why are we shutting everything down? Why are we acting 
so hysterical over this. Well, the policy should have always been protect the elderly and the right. and the immunocompromised. Right. That's what it should have always been. Yeah. Instead of doing what we did, I think we prevented yeah. probably prevented a herd immunity from crea- from from uh, happening. A long yeah. Time ago. So that was uh, that was pretty fun reading that uh, that Twitter thread. Well, everyone knew because because this, I mean it's it's nineteen eighty four. Right, they yeah. they said all this stuff, but now they're changing it. The Ministry of Truth is is going to be changing all of, of this. Of course, no matter what, the narrative was going to change by mm-hmm. the midterm elections. Yeah. No matter what, even if Delta was still out there rampaging. Yeah. yeah. So, COVID madness. Yep. It, it will never end. It. Yeah. I don't. Th- I think some people don't ever want it to end. Yeah. Honestly, I think. It's weird. It's like uh, even people, uh, not just those who are in government power. It's like it's like there is a strange group in society that likes this weirdness and doesn't ever want it to go away. Yeah. Um, Australia is not allowing unvaccinated people to leave their house. And see again when it's, you come it's back, turning, to, it's turning back into a prison colony, right? When you and you come back to this. People have got to come out and I mean, it's it's all a lie. How can you say to an unvaccinated person, "You can't do this because you're you may spread COVID," knowing <laughs> yeah. that people who are vaccinated are spreading COVID? Right. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. That's not opinion. People say, "Oh, we got to follow the science." That's science. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Well, came across a couple of funny articles for you, Jay. Nothing, okay. nothing too, nothing too serious. Well, I mean, for the people involved, it would be serious, but for us, it's humorous. Okay. Found this, found this article a couple of weeks ago. A uh, a man opened his ex girlfriend's eyelids while she slept to unlock her phone and steal twenty four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> how like how does it how do, all right so this how, what kind of a deep sleep is this lady <laughs> well he in? drugged her oh okay <laughs> oh man yeah i drugged her so this was in china um he he drugged her and then he used her uh her fingerprint to open the phone okay and then whatever app this digital wallet yeah was in um he he, he needed her. an eye scan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he opened her eyelid while she was asleep and and stole twenty four thousand dollars from her. This guy was while on she that. slept. This is like Mission Impossible task yeah. here. Uh huh. Wish I had that. I could play that. Yeah, he uh, he cooked a meal for her and uh, he laced it with cold medicine. Oh, and he- <laughs> yeah, man. I just I just thought that was funny. I, I've funny. got no. <laughs> I've got no comments you on it. No com- I just thought it was a. You have no a, spiritual commentary. For I, I mean, don't steal. <laughs> don't steal. The Bible like says it. don't steal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that was. I I saw that and thought that you might enjoy that one. Mm. Uh, and then I found another one that said that South Korean officials are warning uh, residents to uh, to safeguard their houses because cats have caused more than 100 house fires in the past three years. What? How? Uh, I guess the cats uh, are, you know, spawns of Satan. (laughs) 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 
they're uh, they're jumping up on the on the stove or whatever, and they're knocking stuff down. They're uh, it, turning the knobs. Weird. <laughs> turning the stoves on, and so strange. Uh, houses are are being burned down. So the the uh, the government of South Korea they're <laughs> they're actually warning <laughs> <laughs> warning uh, warning people to uh, make sure that they're you know moving uh-huh. flammable items away from the stoves and uh, yeah. Cats have caused a total of uh, 107 house fires between January 2019 and November of 2020. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, between January and September of 2019, 31 fires occurred. Um, and in 2016, only eight. So I don't know if the cats are getting smarter or people are getting dumber. I, I don't know. Uh, according to the American Humane Association, pets are responsible for about 1,000 house fires in the U.S. every year. Oh, that's that's crazy, dude! Never, yeah. never. This is information I never would have thought of. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to. I'm here to. I'm here to educate house fires. I'm here to educate cats. people. Yeah, having cats are dangerous. Keep you a know, close you, eye on those. Cats. I have. I've never heard of dogs doing such a thing. There, I watched a video. Um, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago, of a dog trying to get a box of pizza off the stove and and turned the and caused the house fire and um, it turned the stove on. Oh dang! Yep. You got to have those knobs. Back. Yeah. You got to have the kind where the yeah, knobs yeah. are back in the back. Uh huh. Yeah. Prevention of them. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, just keep close eye on those cats because they're up to something, Jay. <laughs> they're up to something. And it's starting in South Korea. Yeah. So uh, just a couple of stories for you. That's I pretty thought, funny. I thought that you would enjoy those. I don't want it to be all serious for you, Jay. All I serious. Want, I want to lift your spirits a little bit. Yeah. Well, George, <clears throat> you're going to be back in Hebrews. This was not supposed to be episode one back from Christmas. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're supposed, supposed to be, be back on, uh, on Tuesday, but... Uh-huh. Oklahoma weather, right? Yep. So you're ready to go for that? I'm ready. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. I'm excited about it. Okay. I, I like uh, chapters 3 and 4 are are really good. Um, I'm really eager to get into them. Okay. So Yeah. We'll look forward to doing that. So we'll be back in on a regular mm-hmm. schedule, I guess, next week going yeah. over uh, Text Driven Tuesday stuff and going through Hebrews. So yeah, we'll get yeah. back into that and uh, back on regular schedule. I'm looking forward to that. So I actually, I actually, I think I probably enjoy Text Driven Tuesday more than Free for All Friday. Yeah, personally, I don't know about the people out there. Well, you know, it's like I was, I was telling you, um, we we can get kind of burnt out because we are constantly seeing this this stuff mm-hmm. the critical race theory stuff the covid stuff the um you know the the sbc stuff right we're we're constantly seeing this stuff um but that's what we do mm-hmm. like that's where we stay up on this stuff because we're shepherding our right our church that's what this podcast is about it's it's just helping Primarily our church. I mean, we've got listeners that that don't attend here, but primarily we're trying to help our church think through things, and they may not be up up on this stuff, right? Um, so it's uh, hopefully it's helpful for people 
um, even if it can be a little bit of a drag for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, it's mm-hmm. helpful for for others. Uh, you know, I came across this this tweet a couple of days ago. It's from um, someone that Ed Litton um, assigned to the sexual abuse task task force, and uh, he tweeted this. Like he said the quiet part out loud. And this is the kind of stuff that I think is why it's important that we talk about it. He said, there, there is no liberal drift or downgrade in the SBC, and most Southern Baptists know it. How, what's he going to argue for, Jay? Is he going to argue from theology? Doubtful. Pre- preaching? Doubtful. How do I know? Reports of church after church meeting and exceeding their Lottie Moon offering goals. Of course. This support shows there is broad-based trust in where things are going. Uh-huh. So his evidence that there's no liberal drift in the SBC is not the theology. It's not the stuff that's actually important. It's, uh, look, churches are still giving their money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think he's alone. I've never heard of this guy before, and Andrew Hebert. I've never heard of this guy before. Um, I, I saw this tweet, but I don't think that he's alone. I, I don't think this is an isolated idea. He may be saying it out loud when other people aren't, but I think this is the idea is, look, the money's coming in, so obviously everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think what's going on is that the average, the average pew sitter is not up to – uh, is not up to date on everything that's going on there. They're not seeing this stuff. They're not hearing this stuff. They're, they, they've, they've got more important things. They've got their jobs and their family and, and right. uh, you know, <laughs> all this other stuff that's going on that they, they don't have time to keep up with uh, what, what is the SBC elite doing? Um, <clears throat> and so they're still giving because they think, you know they're trusting their pastor. Well, their pastor it might be influenced by stuff. I mean, you're saying that uh, a pastor that went to Southeastern Seminary and sat under someone that was teaching critical race theory doesn't think that there's anything wrong, and he's telling his congregation that everything's fine. Right. Um. Obviously. Yeah. Um. So I I think that it's important that we get this stuff out there so that people can hear this. Um, because if not, you're going to, they're going to keep giving their money and the elite are going to keep doing their, the same stuff that, um, they're they're doing and the, and the congregations are going to be told, you know what, everything's fine. There's, there's not really, there's not really a downgrade. I I ran across a, a Facebook, um, post from a professor of mine Mm -hmm. from Southern and he was, I don't even know what he, he was, um, he was criticizing people that that just tweet bombs, you know. They, right. They, and I, I'd say that we'd probably agree with yeah. the the post as he wrote it. But I looked at some of the comments, and they were making fun of people who were saying that there is a downgrade in the the Southern Baptist Convention, and that it's almost as if they're making stuff up. Sure, to, I mean the, to the, show it, but the it, only stuff thing, like this, the only thing you need to see that there is a downgrade now. We've said before the main issue with the SBC is not liberalism in the sense that was encountered in the full blown form at the conservative mm-hmm. resurgence, right? Like right. there aren't there aren't professors teaching that the miracles in the Bible didn't happen. Right. 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 And not outright rejecting inerrancy. So that's not the form of liberalism. And if that's 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 usually how it's spun by those who are Pro, the pro SBCers, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no liberal. So there's, here, so but, there you know? is, um, 
there's, I don't think it's a failure to communicate. I, I think it's a failure of those on the more social justice side yeah. to be honest with their opponents' criticisms. Yeah, like not- they know they know what they know what people like Tom Askell um, are are saying. For instance, but they're here, not they're here, not being honest with it. They're not being honest because there is receipts for this. For instance, a big one for me would be Danny Aiken. We have the vid- we have video evidence of this. We played the video of Danny Aiken on here, um, right. and the and the way he was talking about interpreting the Bible. It, the the technical term for it is standpoint epistemology, right? Right. It's the idea that um, someone else, not from our background, like, I mean, we could use Amake, for instance. Amake is uh, a large black man in our, in our congregation. And he, being a black man, reads the Bible, according to Danny Aiken, differently than I do. Yeah. And I would say, knowing Amake, that's total. That's total garbage. Right. Because, and here's the here's the reason why it's it's for, for in our case it would be garbage, because I think Amake would be committed to the text in a fashion that he would come to the Bible asking, "What does this text mean mm-hmm. in general?" Right. Like just using in, you know the the grammar. Yeah. Um, what did the author intend to communicate? Yeah. What Danny Aiken was proposing in his video, though, is the legi- legitimacy of someone who would arrive at different interpretations based off of their ex- life experiences. Right. And that is a drift. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And to ignore that is... People ignore it for a number of reasons. One, the SBC traffics in the exchange of influence and power. And I'll keep saying this till the day I die. The SBC is plagued by pragmatism, yes. But also what uh, is a major problem with it is it traffics and influence and power and people exchange it like a currency. Mm-hmm. So people who may see what we see, uh, and they probably do, will keep their mouth shut yeah, because they want to continue moving along in the SBC. They want to move to bigger churches, they want to be placed on committees, and so they'll keep their mouth shut. They won't say, "What, Danny, what are you talking about, dude? Like, the text means what the text means. It right. doesn't matter if it's a, if some uh, Hispanic woman reads it, or a black man reads it, or a white man reads it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The text means what the text means. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, that, that now for that, me, that now for the, me is, a, is a prime example. Right. Now, the, the crit- now critical race... Um, proponents would say that you you arguing for that is a white a white way of understanding like that's like the the more not saying you know danny aiken i i don't know but i know like the more legitimate critical race theory writers and, and thinkers they they say things like you believing that there is one way to understand the text is a white mm-hmm. that that's that is a white uh, they might even say white supremacist way of of understanding yeah um the text so what i would say is there one way for t- for me to understand your rebuttal of me yeah <laughs> right it's self-refuting right right so you've you've now whether you put it in writing or you speak 
in this fashion to say that my way of understanding something is that. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, when I listen to what you say, do I have to take you at your word for what you said and actually believe you meant what you said? Yeah. Or if I do that, you see, you see what I mean? Yep. You can't live in, in a world like that. Words right. have meaning. Sentences have meaning. Sentences have meaning in paragraphs. Paragraphs have meaning. I mean, this is the way that people communicate. Right. People mean the things that they say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the that's that is just one example of many. The other evidence I would say, um, I don't know if you would call this liberal drift. I've always maintained that the SBC has a complete lack of integrity at all. And I, I, I that, sure there are good dudes in it. There are good guys in it. But the SBC has a major lack of integrity. Ed Litton is a prime example. Mm-hmm. If people in unison cannot say, and like it doesn't even matter to me if you're on the woke side or the non-woke side and your, pre- your guy you wanted to run for president won or didn't win, throw it all out the window. Ed Litton, has no, he, he's a plagiarist. His wife preached with him on stage. That's a violation of the BFM 2000. And she plagiarized too. She plagiarized Tim Keller. Uh, no one cares, and it's not like it's not like it was a one-time thing. We've talked right. about it on here. We documented it. Yeah. Many other people have talked about it. If any student in any SBC school were to go to preaching class and do what Ed Litton did, they, at the very least, would fail the class, and they might be disciplined and kicked out of the school. Yeah. For cheating. For cheating, and yet the president is able to get by and. Mm-hmm. No one cares. And it's, right. again, we come to this thing called integrity, which the SBC does not have. Yeah, And I'll point to, again, the SBC, I think, should drop the Baptist name altogether. And I'll keep saying it, because <laughs> the last four presidents, maybe even five, have presided over churches that do not have Baptist ecclesiology. They, they're run in the Episcopal form of church governance. They are not even Baptist by his, the historical definition of what a Baptist is. The only Baptist thing they do is baptize believers, mm-hmm. right? But everything else, uh, they're not. Well, and so how can we? They, how, can, <laughs> how can you have integrity? They, they say they baptize believers, right? How can you have integrity and say we're Baptist? Yeah. When all of the last presidents preside over multi-campus churches. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not arguing. You want to argue about? The effectiveness or whatever, because you know those debates continue. Is that a good form of church governance? What's more biblical? That's a discussion for another time. That's not what the BFM two thousand is. Yeah, autonomous local congregations, and they are not. Mm-hmm. So again, the this idea that there's there's not a problem in the SBC. Everything's fine. Everything's good to go. Again, it, it's maintained. So that the money machine can keep running, right? Because what they're—I think what they're banking on—is uh, the older generations not knowing what's going on. Yeah. But if you were to sit down like some little old lady, right, that's been SBC her whole life, and show her Danny Aiken video, and then explain to her the words that came out of his mouth, she'd be horrified. She'd be shocked. Right. And so they also bank on 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 the commoners. Yeah. The commoners. Not uh, not knowing the lingo to understand what they're saying, so they can then talk in circles around the commoners, 
the PhD, the educated, the elite will talk circles around the commoners in the SBC churches, and well, there's, and they'll believe everything is fine. There is uh, there is this kind of arrogance, this um, scholarly arrogance amongst some of them. Um, you know, Neil Shinvey. You're right. Um, he's um, he's a chemist, PhD in chemistry. Yeah, but right. he's he's also. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's he has been. Um, studying up on critical race theory, he's written about sure. it. He's talked about it. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he he can dialogue about it. But there are people that criticize him. Right. You're a chemist. You don't know what what you're not. What in do your you field. Ha- what do you have right. to say about this? Yeah, like, you're that's, not. In- that's complete arrogance. If you can only if you can only speak about the one area in which you you go to school sure. for. Um, I mean, anyone all, that, all dialogue has completely been annihilated by that thought. Yeah, you, you you need to you need to first off, I'd say this: examine people's argumentation based off of what they present. Yeah, right. If some, I don't care if somebody, you know, has a high school education and you know their day job is that is that they're a heat and air guy. Right. Right. They may be brilliant. Yeah. And they may have the ability to because they can read mm-hmm. and and digest information and they may have legitimate arguments examine the argumentation yeah it's 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 a i don't know what what you would say it's a i'd say maybe even cowardly you don't want to engage with people's thoughts so you just dismiss them as some someone who doesn't belong in your field i i think that if you can read critically um if you can write clearly and you can think logically. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can you can learn any any field. This is the type of thing that preachers would do to Charles Spurgeon, mm. this uneducated farm boy. <laughs> right. Well, read that uneducated farm boy. Mm-hmm. He'll write circles around you. Yeah. He has a photographic memory. He remembered everything he ever read. Yeah. Um. They're just they're people, and that's what they do to him. But they do it to everybody else mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, th- these issues are a little more nuanced and complicated than you understand." Right. Let me couch it in the, this way for you: There's no little, nobody nobody denies the BFM 2000. Okay, <laughs> yeah, everybody's lockstep with that. Um, ignoring that there are legitimate issues and there's legitimate problems. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that I think, well, we left and we we went through that whole episode. The SBC's become a hindrance to our ministry and our church. Yeah. You want us to keep giving money to an organization that actually being associated with you is now a hindrance to our local church's ministry. And that's a problem. So, um, but people keep, they, they keep doing what they do. Here's one, one thing I want to read on here, George. So, Josh uh, Bice. That's how you say it, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Man, I, I know we got kids listening. I'm really tempted to um, to say. So my Greek professor was kind of shunned out of the SBC too, as well. I don't know the whole backstory, <clears throat> but I respect him. He's a person who has integrity, and um, he he released this long thing about the word fundamentalist, and I can't remember who initially wrote it. C.S. Lewis wrote it, I think. It's brilliant. He equates the way liberals use the word fundamentalist mm-hmm. to the word SOB. Okay. It doesn't, so it's not really a, 
um, legitimate word. It's a it's a derogatory term. Right. Uh, we would say like it's not. It's a way to dismiss someone yeah, without den- engaging to denigrate them. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. denigrate term yeah. with sob. So, but it's a okay. long thing by C.S. Lewis, and it's brilliant because it's C.S. Lewis. Okay. So if you don't want to engage with somebody, you just call them a fundamentalist. Right. So the hashtag is here, West Georgia fundamentalist, but it's it's aimed at Bice because his church left the SBC. Yeah, they just they just left. He posted a long article out. I'd recommend right. you go and go and look up his his article for the reasons why they are no right. longer Southern Baptists. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and here's what this guy says, Jason Sampler. When your church gave zero point six percent of undesignated gifts. 3,700 of 600K to the SBC in the last reporting cycle, you weren't really cooperating at all that much to begin with. Hashtag Georgia fundamentalist. Mm. Um, So you see, that tweet reveals very much what's wrong with the SBC. Right. And here are how things operate, okay? You will be put in places, starting in the local association, if... You move in, and you get your church to give in the cooperative program a larger percentage than the pastor before you. You'll be recognized for that, right? And then you'll be put on some committee. If you can continue to get your church to give a higher percentage uh, of your church givings to the cooperative program, then you're going to be put on other other places that will give you influence in the SBC. With one caveat, you got to play ball. Sure, yeah. Like Josh Bice's church could give 100% of their money to the SBC, Uh. but he's broken the 11th commandment, so he's not going to be... Right. He's not going to be put in Mm. any kind of leadership position. He's he's not going to be invited to the table. Yeah, sure, sure. But uh, if you don't, there's there's no chance. Right. You've got to get... You've got to give... And the more you give... The more influence you it's will a, get. it's it's two pronged, right? If right. you want to, you you've got to give money, mm-hmm. and you got to go along with the status quo. Yeah, prime example of this would be Ronnie Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I, I think someone, eh, maybe ten years ago, wanted to put him up for president of the SBC. You remember this? People were like, you "Can't put Ronnie Floyd up. His church doesn't give enough money to the cooperative program." Yeah, you remember this? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't. He's not up for president. He goes back. And he has this big push for giving at his church. And in conjunction with that, he starts to preach money curse theology, yeah. which is if you don't tithe, your money's cursed, mm-hmm. which is a heresy. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I would say pastoral abuse. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to give an account. Yeah. Chief Shepherd, the day's coming. You're going to stand before the Chief Shepherd and give an account where you told people if they didn't give money, like bad things would happen to them. It, this, is, this is going back to Ezekiel, where where God is chastising the the shepherds that are fleecing the flock. That's, well, he, that's well, what that's what he's doing. So he built he built up, you know, the giving. Mm-hmm. He, they started giving a lot to the cooperative program. What do you know? <laughs> right. Next go round. Ronnie Floyd's president. Yeah. The SBC. Yep. Um that's how the that's how the game works. So the guy's tweet is, "Hey, you weren't cooperating anyway. Mm-hmm. You didn't give a high percentage of your money yeah. to the SBC." And we we've already we've already gone down that road. We've talked about the waste that and the money in the SBC. Yeah. Why in the world would you give money through a local? Well, some local associations may be very good. Yeah. I'm not going to go blanket. Some of them, I have no doubt, do great work. Yeah. They church. They do church planting. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they do missions work. They do all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, if you're SBC and, and you're in that, awesome. That's great. Um, that's cool. Uh, I wish there'd be more of those. But where we're at, why in the world? Yeah. For what? There's no church planning. There's no missions. There's nothing. But if you don't, mm-hmm. nah, the, you're, you're, you're not cooperating. You're not with us, you know? Yeah. And we're like, we're just trying to be good stewards of the money God's given us. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. That was a pretty long rant. That was a long rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it was. Can we rant about something else? Sure. Sure. Okay. I'm going to try to find the YouTube clip of this. I think, here we go. Comments are off. So this is from McLennan Bible Church. Good news, parents. Got a, you can't ever use the bathroom uh, in why, again. <laughs> there's an ad. Why do I? Why is there an ad on this video? That's what I want to know. All right. This yeah. is McLennan Bible Church, all right. all right? So David Platt is the pastor here. I don't want to watch the whole six-minute clip, but what I want to do is we'll watch the first part of it, and I want to show – what I want to show here is – Here's a problem, okay? Now I don't agree we don't agree with what's going to be said here in this part. We'll talk about it. But there's another problem other than what this man says here. Um, and that's only showing part of it to make it seem way worse than it is. Well, let me let me see if I can find find this. I found the whole the whole video. Yeah, um well, I'm, I'm trying to find, yeah. Um, all right, so Capstone Report, mm-hmm. which I don't know who runs it. I don't know either. Yeah. They're usually pretty good about pointing out, you know, things like this. Um, but the headline of this, this article was David Platt's McLean Bible Church sliding toward queer theory. That's not true. So... Let's let's watch yeah, let's watch it and we can talk we can talk about it. But that's the that's unless the, that's the headline. Unless there's other information in that article other than this video. Yeah, I mean there there could be I don't know. Yeah, I would say that's the, uh, that's pretty dishonest. Yeah. Now there's problems with this video as we'll see, um, but it's been shared without uh, leaving the end off to make it look way worse than it is. So let's let's watch this video. Okay. How do I love my transgender neighbor is the question if you're listening uh, not on video. So that's the question. Yeah. 
I'll pause it. What do you think about that? I thought that wasn't too bad. I thought it was good. We're not um, to the bad. We're not to right, the bad part yet. Right. Um, the only thing is, I'm hesitant to use the secular language. Mm-hmm. Things like gender dysphoria. Right. I'm, I'm hesitant to use language like that because mm-hmm. it's clinical and and psych. You know, uh, psychological language. Um, I, I'd prefer to use more biblical. Yeah. Well, terms. well, I think in talking to other Christians, that's good to mm-hmm. use more biblical terms but like if you're if you're if you're talking to someone who doesn't share your vocabulary mm-hmm. they'll need to be more explanation mm-hmm. like say you're sitting down with someone who's a transgender person uh, you may be able to say hey this is the term that the world uses mm-hmm. here's maybe a term that that I right. would use that I think communicates it from God's perspective right is that what you mean yeah okay yep but I th- I kind of like that angle because I think maybe a transgender person would say there's no common ground here mm-hmm. between me and you as a Christian. Yeah. You've never struggled with anything close <laughs> yeah. to kind of what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't <clears throat> say it, but it's almost like he's coming at this from the angle of um, C.S. Lewis has a, uh, his a term for it. It's a very strange term that he coined it, but it's nostalgia for the future. Mm-hmm. It's what that you aren't home yeah. here. Something's wrong, right? And you always kind of have that nagging feeling, mm-hmm. and and he says it's because you're made for another place, right? What is the term for that? Do I think that's that? I think that's nostalgia for the future. But he's got an actual term for it. I don't remember. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I think that's uh, the, but that's Ecclesiastes, right? God has put eternity in the heart of man, right? This is a this is a I think a decent attempt that that he's coming at here in this first part. Um, to to try to make a, a a way to where a dialogue can be open that we're we're exiles mm-hmm. in a place that's not our own yeah not bad not a bad attempt I would say but it's gonna get not good yeah here in a second um, here we go
Okay, that's where they cut the clip. They didn't show the first part. Uh-huh. They didn't show the end, which we'll look at here in a second, this last two minutes. They simply uh, shared this and presented it as if he's trying to... Well, I, I, dis- I, I don't like kind of the language that he used here, mm-hmm. but they framed it in a way as to make him look as bad as possible. Yeah. They only played this clip, the short part, about him saying that Jesus experienced some type of dysphoria. End of clip. And that's not great. Not great. No, um, not but good. Yeah. The, we need to be really careful that we present even our opponents faithfully. Right. Like, we don't bear false witness. Mm-hmm against our opponents and i feel like i mean you look at i mean they what was it that's a six minute long clip what how far was that into the clip that was a couple minutes in so so they and there's a couple yeah so they so they just lifted the middle Mm -hmm. two minute to four minute mark Mm -hmm. give or take and they presented that as Here's evidence that McLean Bible Church is moving towards queer theory. I don't believe in it for a second that David Platt is yeah, his church are moving uh, towards that. Right. Yeah. Like we got if he and I got into a room, David Platt and we and we talked, we probably would have some differences in our approach to sociological issues. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no doubt. And uh, I think some of the things he said in that regard have not been helpful. Yeah. I have no doubt as far as sexual ethics go in the Christian worldview, he's not drifting there. I'd have to see a lot more evidence yeah. than than this two-minute clip that's lifted out of, of the whole video. Well, I think it's going to become clear when I play the end mm-hmm. that this guy's not drifting there either, Yeah, which is I, what's I, left off. I think David Platt has some serious problems. Uh-huh. And I think that McLean Bible Church has some serious problems. Right. And there are there's video evidence that there are some serious problems going on there. I'm I'm just amazed that um, the Cross Conference um, T4G are still having David Platt come, e- even if it was all false. I still think until this, like you got to shepherd your flock, like before you come and do the the conference circuit. You got to get your own house in order. So I, I think that even if all the allegations against Platt and and the leadership at McLean Bible Church is false, I think that until this stuff is resolved, I don't think that he should be speaking at, at Together for the Gospel. Yeah. Like how are you supposed to listen to this guy when you know that his he's got people that are and there's videos of him lying. Right. Um. He may have had good intentions. He may have even misspoken, but he hasn't come out and and said I misspoke. Oh, yeah, I clarified what. Man, the, the church the church's constitution says we will not we will not align with any denomination, and they are aligned with the Southern Baptist Convention, right? And he said, no, we're not aligned with the Southern Baptist Convention, right? Like they've done they everything that everything that a a, a church in the Southern Baptist Convention does to be in the Southern Baptist Convention, McLean Bible Church now does mm-hmm. since since Platt has become the pastor. Okay. And he told he told the congregation, no, we're we're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's video. Like you can you can look this stuff up. Right. Um so there's a lot of serious problems, but that doesn't mean that we can just suddenly start twisting stuff and taking stuff out of context and making them look worse 
than they are. I, I think we need to present um, present them faithfully and and let let them speak, right? And then evaluate what they say. So I don't like I don't like the way that he's saying it. I, I think that he's I think that his theology here is a little off, but I don't think it's a drift towards queer theory like right. um, like these these it's, articles are saying. There's a lot of this that goes on though, assuming the worst of people, absolutely worst of them, uh, leveraging that, uh, capitalizing on it to yeah. say something or whatever. Another example of that would be uh, the tweet that James White did. Like, you know, James White's ministry has been beneficial, I'm sure, to both of us, probably to many of you listening. Um, but I, I kind of felt the way he did Keller, Tim Keller, was not right. Like mm-hmm. Tim Keller. You know, we we would say approach with caution because he's written some very good things and and he's preached some good sermons. Um, and there are a lot of things that we would say, hey, you know, we don't agree with these things. These things are not helpful. One thing I think Keller, I was thinking about this. Those who have suffered, because you know, I'm kind of obsessed with the problem of evil. You know that, right? <laughs> so Tim Keller's like dying of pancreatic cancer. Yeah, you don't come back from that. He's dying a slow death. He's going to die from it. Um, don't know how far along, like where he's at, but he's in that time remaining faithful. He's remaining faithful to to Jesus. He's not he's not apostatizing. Tons of people apostatize over the problem of evil, especially when suffering becomes personal. He's not. So he, I think he he's someone you could look at and say, okay, let's give him the benefit of the doubt on some things. Um, he's got a strange way of communicating sometimes, but the tweet. That he put was, this is on Christmas time. Uh, God became a baby in order to get close to you, mm-hmm. right? And then James White, man, he jumped all over it, right? And he dropped in the uh, uh, what? What would it be? It would be Edwardsian. <laughs> okay. Ed, Jonathan Edwards' main thesis of his life uh-huh. is. God has done the all things for his own glory, which is all true, mm-hmm. right? So the, the incarnation is primarily, James White said, about the glory of God. Also not wrong, but neither is Keller's. Yeah. Keller's tweet's not wrong either, because his name is Emmanuel, yeah. which is God with us. Right. The Word became flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And dwelled with us, like tabernacled with us. This is also part of the Christmas message. That is very important. It's also it's super important to those suffering like Tim, like Tim Keller, right? So I did not appreciate that, which James White did. Um, there's too much of that going on in the world today. It's just made me tired. <laughs> so, all right, back to this. All right, George, let's deal with this part. People listen here and probably like, what is happening? Hopefully it's hanging together. This <laughs> this guy, this guy, let's deal with the problem of him saying Jesus experienced dysphoria. Okay. Uh, and so what he's done is he's tried to connect a dot to where a trans person, transgender person would say, no one knows what I'm going through and how I'm suffering, right, with this. And he's trying to tell them Jesus understands that. And the bridge he's doing is he's trying to say Jesus was tempted in every way we were, yet without sin. Hebrews 4, 
15, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the text says. The text says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to, to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect was tempted as we are yet without sin. So he's trying to tell them, look, Jesus was tempted with the same type of sin that you're tempted with. He experienced some type of dysphoria, yet he remained faithful and without sin. Now, that's a problem, and we need to kind of come at it to clarify this, because some people would, might would say, "Oh, that's a brilliant. That's brilliant. Never thought of that before." And then there are others who would say, "You're blasphemous uh, for saying that Jesus experienced dysphoria." All right. So I, I think that what we do nowadays is the opposite of what our forebears did. So you look at Jonathan Edwards. You look at the Puritans, the Reformers. They take a long time to say something. Mm-hmm. Like they're not pithy, right? Right. I mean, I mean, obviously Luther's got some pithy things, but they take a long time to explain what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Problem with us is that we're so used to these these tweets, these quick sound bites that we just throw out terms without defining them, without explaining what we mean, walking mm-hmm. through them. I mean, you look at you look at Edwards, and you've got to. You got to really be engaged, yeah, with Edwards to to see where he's connecting the dots, because he's he's drawing these logical inferences together to make his big overall point. Mm-hmm. We're not good at that anymore, right? right. So dysphoria is um, it's the opposite of euphoria. So mm-hmm. euphoria is a sense of satisfaction right. and, and belonging. Yeah. Dysphoria is dissatisfaction. It's it's Distress. not yeah. It's not belonging, right? Um, in that sense, I think we probably could say that Jesus experienced some form of of dysphoria. He's the son, he's the eternal Son of God. Um, he's he is the yeah. sin, he's the sinless one. He's living amongst a sinful people. Um, yeah, but exactly. the pro, but so the dysphoria, pro- dysphoria. Just to clarify the, yeah. te- the technical uh, terminology of it. It uh, can include mood variations, grief, mm-hmm. um, distress, uh, difficulty. These are terms of for dysphoria. Right. All right. And he's a man of sorrows. He's right. A man of sorrows. He, he knows. He knows grief. Right. Um, so I, I think that the words themselves that he uses, I think that we could say okay, but the problem is. He's just making this leap between right. gender dysphoria to Jesus experienced that kind of dysphoria too, and and right. he's expecting people to. I don't know if he's expecting them to fill in the blanks or if he's just making this one to one comparison. And the one to one comparison is not good. No, it's not. Now, if he would have, if he would have kind of explained more and taken more time, but again, this is a six minute clip, and they're 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 meant to be quick so that right. you can sit yeah, because yeah. people aren't going to sit and watch a two hour video on dysphoria, right? Right. So I think the I think the problem is that we just don't take the time to um, define our terms. We don't we don't take the time to make these arguments because people won't sit and listen to them. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to be faithful, if we're going to be accurate, if we're going to be really, uh, really precise, we've got to take the time to make these arguments. We, we, and I think that's the problem with with Keller. I mean, it, it seems like every other day Keller is tweeting something that is just so ridiculous because it's just supposed to be this this little pithy statement, right? 
and it's it's taken he, he takes it out of a, a longer sermon or out of something he's written and mm. and maybe in its big context is okay but in its little tweet form right it's terrible <laughs> and and it it's borderline sometimes it's borderline heresy mm-hmm. um and that's a problem right. that's a problem we have to be clear and the way for us to be clear is we have to be precise yeah. And precision, it just takes some time. It, it's not something that you can just tweet in 120 characters. Right. So the way the way that he phrased this, someone's not going to probably get online and look up the definitions of dysphoria right. and start to unpack, okay, what happened at the that's cross. Because that's not a word that people use. They don't use dysphoria except for gender dysphoria. with gender dysphoria. And yeah, what's so, what's uh, the term for limb dysphoria? There's a term for it. I don't know. Where they we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. So the other problem here is, like, I think kind of what he's done and the way he's phrased it is there's um, is the term, I don't know the term, it's slipping my mind, it's right <laughs> on the precipice, you can blame it on what COVID did to my brain. Okay, we'll just blame it on that. You're just getting Anachrism? old, Jay. What is it? All right, it's when you oppose something from, like, our timeline into the past. Okay. What's the term? I don't know. <laughs> People do it with this all the time. Okay, they they say Jesus was tempted in every way we are yet without sin. Okay, right. And this is this is true biblically speaking. But what people will do like with this is they'll try to say oh, Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted with transgenderism. And I would say uh, no, he doesn't. Anachronism. Anachronism. You're right, Jay. There Good we job. go. It would be the same. Like this is easy to understand, right? What you can't do then is go and say Hebrews is wrong when it speaks about Jesus in this way as a faithful high priest who is tempted in every way we are yet without sin. Because George, Jesus doesn't know what it's like to be tempted with um, internet pornography, right? Right? Like, like I really struggled with this verse when I was younger because I was thinking how how could he be tempted with everything that. Right. Like, did they just did the devil just go down a list? Sure, of of sins. Yeah. No. Right. I think the idea that we see here is like to rebel against God. The temptation comes in general categories, mm-hmm. right? Right. So sexual sin. Yeah. Uh, coveting. Um, like the Ten Commandments would be a good place to start for broad categories. What has God forbidden in His Word? Right. You, so you can walk through the Ten Commandments, and you can see bro- broader categories. Now, each person underneath these categories, right, for sexual sin, you may be tempted in a way differently than I am, but the temptation is still there. Yeah, you go back to to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that, like you said, you and I have been tempted in the exact same way with the exact same sin. Mm -hmm. It could be, but that's not necessarily the case, but it means that in these, these broad categories, there's nothing that I have experience that I've been tempted with that someone else doesn't know what that kind of temptation is like. Sure. Um, I don't know where you could place, I think a good, I think a good place maybe for a transgender person to see how Jesus understands and can, has been tempted like you are, would maybe be in coveting. I was thinking that also kind of dissatisfaction. Right. To covet what you do not possess. Mm-hmm. 
or to be dissatisfied right. or or um, uh, ungrateful for yeah. what you have been given. Uh huh. Um, and I think in that sense, you can see clearly the connection there. Mm-hmm. But to to draw the line as as was presented here, I think is not good. Mm-hmm. Right. So we disagree. Jesus wasn't tempted to put on his mom's clothes. Right. 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 Uh, but tempted with rebellion against God's design and plans? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Um, so there's that. Okay. So we've dealt with that. Now I want to play the end, because I think the end will help you help people to see um, they haven't given themselves over to queer theory or whatever that guy said. They're not compromising because he actually calls people to repent. If you call people to repent of something, you probably haven't given over to it, right? <laughs> so let's listen, let's listen to the rest of it, okay? pause i don't like that idea jesus wasn't at home in his body right yeah yeah. i think that's that's almost a kind of a gnostic yeah yeah idea i th- i think again we get down to communication it's always better to stick with the the biblical terminology the biblical terminology what, what yeah, is, the language that's used what is it like to be in eternal fellowship et- eternal eternity mm-hmm. to experience nothing but the love of the father for eternity yeah and then to have that flipped in an instant to where now you are cut off from God. Yeah. You're under his wrath. Mm-hmm. Jesus uses the word forsaken. Right. Why not use the biblical terms? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a relationship or covenantal idea, not he's not at home in his body anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I got it. I, I, when he said that, I I just thought that's Again, that's not helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not super helpful because I, I don't think it's capturing what what the text is actually saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. See, not near as bad, right? Yeah, still. He said, he said we do not give in to right. um, gender dysphoria. Yeah. Um, 
The only other thing I would say that maybe again just needs clarification is this idea of um, identifying as a gender right. dysphoria Christian. So I don't. I don't know that that was there. I, I don't know. I, yeah. Again, it was at, it's a little murky because yeah. you've. I mean, I, again, we want to we want to believe the best. Uh-huh. Um. But we also know that there is that there is that movement. What's it called? B side Christianity. Uh, have you heard? That? You haven't heard. I that? don't know about okay. that. B side Christianity. You can be a, a same sex attracted Christian, right? I, um, so, so there's this there's this division between um, the action and the desire. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. When when the Bible would say the desire is sinful, also. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get that out of out of him because he said, uh, I believe he said the terminology he uses. We need to plat, trust God's design for gender. Yeah. So that would entail repenting mm-hmm. and believing God's plan. Yeah. For genders. Yeah, it, I'm just a little, I'm a a little hesitant, um, just because I know that, that that's. That's gaining traction. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I know I'm, it is. I'm pretty sure it's called B-side Christianity. You can look that up. Well, and it's see gaining it. traction, and that's probably what's behind people assuming the worst of right of this guy. Yeah. So, but I, I didn't get that out of there because of that key phrase mm-hmm. to trust God's plan for gender. Yeah. So that would mean if if you have a different belief, you've got to switch your belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So not. I, it's not as bad as like Capstone Report and Reformation right. Charlotte are, are making it out. It's still not great. Still, and I don't. I think I think there's good stuff, but I think there's bad stuff. I think they need to be more clear. I, it's I definitely need to be, not good. I think good. they need to be more clear on on their communication. Um, you know, slow down. Even though even though you know we live in a time where you got to put out you know five six minute clips because we're so. You got to be very careful because there are legitimate liberals, yeah, who have been attacking, uh, attacking Jesus on these issues, mm-hmm. and saying outlandish things like yeah. he legitimately was not at home in his body, right? Like, have you, have you seen that stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're actually making the claim, yeah, that he was some somehow like that, yeah, uh, which. Again, all of these hair. We we went through them on the on our episode we did on Christology, mm-hmm. and we discussed all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, in our day and time, you got to be a lot more careful. Yeah, you know, stick to the biblical terminology. That's the safe place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think that we need to push back against this. Um, just these pithy little clips. I know that we live in a, a time where, I mean, we're just inundated with stuff. Every couple of minutes, the topic changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're watching TV and and there's a commercial and commercial and commercial and commercial. And it's just, I mean, people have a hard time sitting and concentrating um, rather than just saying, just throwing up your hands and saying, well, that's just, that's just the way it is. I think we need to push back against that and say, that doesn't have to be the way it is, and it shouldn't be the way it is for Christians. Christians should be people that can actually think through um, a subject for a, a lengthy amount of time, mm-hmm. so that we can be precise about it because it's important. Yeah, um, it, it's important for us to be exact 
and to say what the Bible says. And I, I think in a way that the Bible says it. Yeah. And uh, we, we've got to push back against a culture and not just simply go along with it. And for some people, it may be really hard. Um, uh, there are people that, that struggle with um, you know, short attention spans. Mm-hmm. God gives more grace. Um, the Spirit can enable us to pay attention. Yep. And uh, I, I think that we need to be a people that do that. That's why we don't have, you know, 15, 20 minute sermonettes on Sunday mornings. We mm-hmm. have 55 minutes an hour, mm-hmm. hour <laughs> 10, I don't know, <laughs> sermons, <laughs> because we want to be precise. We want, we want, uh, it's important. And so we want to dig, dig deep. Yeah. Right? right. So we need to, we need to be, um, more diligent to do that. But we need to, again, we need to be honest with our opponents. Yeah, that's right. So. All right, let's shut it down, George. Let's, okay. Uh, let's shut it down, and All I right. don't like doing it, so All right. <laughs> you go ahead and do it. How about All that? right, different different year, but some things never change. I'll push the right? button. Okay, the, you press the button. For the music to come okay. on. All right. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it is good to be back. It's good to be uh, talking about these things. Um, lots of fun talking to you jay and uh we hope that this has been beneficial for you um we do want to be clear we want to be precise we want to help you to understand um the things that are going on in this world from a biblical worldview and so um uh, we we pray that that has been the case today and we're looking forward to uh to spending more time walking through the scriptures and and uh looking to see what god has spoken about uh, a variety of different topics and so we we hope that you'll continue to join us um if it's been helpful please like share subscribe uh get the word out and uh, as always we hope that this will help you to become more and more conformed to christ